The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody? RGO Joey from SD Nation. Welcome to Floyd's.com. Hope all is wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and we hope that you are pleased. The Dallas Cowboys victorious for the 10th time this season, improving to 10 and four on the season. Our Dallas Cowboys, your Dallas Cowboys, my Dallas Cowboys, America's team getting the win, sweeping the New York not-so-good at football Giants. The final score, 21-6 to at MetLife Stadium, the house that Dak Prescott and co own, uh, the house that Daniel Jones and everyone is terrible at. Uh, another kind of lackluster game for the Cowboys on offense. We'll certainly get into it. A reminder that this is your post-game show. Whatever direction you want to go in, whatever topics you want to discuss, I am your puppet. You control the strings. You let me know. You steer me in our comment section. If you're watching live on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel, please do subscribe. If you're watching live on the Blog and the Boys Facebook page, uh, like us there and you can comment. We do also podcast this show for you as well. Make sure to subscribe to the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. We are available on all major podcast platform so like I said uh, another lackluster showing for the Cowboys offense and I know that that's concerning but I think it's important to contextualize what is happening here the Dallas Cowboys are 10 and 4 they can only clinch the NFC East this week if the Washington football team and Philadelphia Eagles were to tie on Tuesday the game that was rescheduled obviously that's the only way that they can officially clinch the division this particular week however they are basically going to win this thing. I mean, it would take a collapse among collapses, and I know what you're going to say. I've seen the Cowboys be the collapse among collapses before. It would take something just absolutely unreal, totally, completely ridiculous for them to not win this thing. Uh, so the Cowboys very likely going to be division champions. The Cowboys can clinch a playoff berth today if either of the San Francisco 49ers who are playing right now, the Atlanta Falcons, looks like just um, – no, that it's not a touchdown. Uh, playing the Atlanta Falcons – if the 49ers or the New Orleans Saints lose today, the Cowboys are in at the very least as a wild card team. But again, very likely going to win the division. And I think that's what's important here is the Cowboys obviously, um, you know, Cowboys have a situation going on that isn't a lot of fun, uh, that isn't, um, you know, isn't fun to watch or stomach through because the offense is so bad right now. But they are 3-0 and in December. They are 3-0 and in December through a three-game road trip. The Cowboys have gone to New Orleans. They've gone to Washington. They've gone to now New York, and they've walked away with wins at every single turn. I know it feels like forever ago because it is Christmas time already. A very early uh, Merry Christmas to you. As I say 
a very Merry Christmas to you on an early basis is what I meant to say. But it's about to be Christmas. The last game that the Dallas Cowboys played at home, I know this is going to sound crazy, was on Thanksgiving Day. So it has been some time since Dallas has been at home. And obviously, they fell to 7-4 and four that day. We were all very frustrated. But here they sit, 10-4, and four, about to clinch the NFC East, about to clinch a playoff berth. By the way, in case you are curious, the Cowboys do clinch the NFC East title with a Washington and Philadelphia tie on Tuesday. And again, clinch a playoff berth as soon as today if either the Saints or 49ers were to lose. Obviously, if the Vikings, Falcons, Saints all lost together and Washington tied, uh, the Cowboys would be in. But now the Cowboys have won and they have put some of those things to bed. So defense is carrying the Cowboys, as Ray Sandoval says. No ifs, ands, ors, buts about it. The Cowboys defense is a huge reason for their success as of late. And some of that, I don't want to take away from what they're doing, but think about the three quarterbacks the Cowboys have played against right here. They've played against Taysom Hill, Taylor Heineke, kind of, and Kyle Allen, and now Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm. So five guys in that whole collective, and none of them are you know, legitimate NFL starters, unfortunately. But still, the Cowboys defense is playing very well. Uh, let's see here. We've got Leonard Fletcher says three ugly road wins in a row. I'll take it. Totally. I will totally take it. And and no one's going to apologize. Nobody's upset. Looks like the 49ers didn't get a goal line stand against the Falcons, by the way. So not a good start there. Um, but you know, no, nobody's upset that the defense is playing well. We're all upset that the offense is obviously playing poorly. Kevin offers here on YouTube, if I told you the defense would lead the league in interceptions before the season started, you would have thought I was nuts. Huge shout out to, I mean, can we even name, do we have the time to name every single Cowboys defender that had an interception today against the New York Giants? Trayvon Diggs obviously has been leading the NFL in interceptions basically since the jump, got his 10th interception. And to Kevin's point here, I mean, the Cowboys are leading the league in interceptions as a team. Trayvon Diggs is leading the league in interceptions as an individual. The Cowboys have potentially the defensive player of the year on their roster in Micah Parsons. And so I know, I know we're all singing the songs here of praise of the Cowboys defense, and we all know that they are very good. It's this offense that we want to see kind of pick things up. And I do think this was a better offensive performance than Washington I do think that I think it was probably better than New Orleans and I know that that's not saying much I know the bar isn't very high there but overall it was a windy day and that was exemplified by Greg Zerline and again I, I don't want to th this is what tends to happen and you know it because you see this whether you're on Twitter or Facebook or Reddit or whatever the case may be you you end up with people who live in extremes when it comes to the Cowboys either okay they're winning but they're awful they're not going to win in the playoffs they're going to be terrible this is just another year the Cowboys are going to be one and done or you get the other extreme that is you know why are you complaining why are you upset they're winning etc this team is really good etc the truth is somewhere in the middle as it often is in the grand scheme of life where the Cowboys are, are a really good football team they have one of the best defenses in the NFL right now and they have an offense that is sputtering and that probably can't win them a game on their own now the good news is they are getting help the Cowboys offense they're getting help from their defense and they're getting help from across the NFL shout out big shout out big round of applause to the Detroit Lions the other silver and blue team in the NFL that silver and Honolulu blue by the way the Detroit Lions taking down the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday. The Cowboys already controlled their own destiny against the Arizona Cardinals, but this gives them room for error. Obviously, we know the Cowboys are going to host Arizona two weeks from today, but now the Cowboys have an opportunity to really potentially pass the Cardinals, even if they can't get it done. That will obviously make things more difficult. But the point is, Cowboys now well in contention with the Arizona Cardinals. Who knows what happens in the NFC West? Maybe the Cardinals choke that off, and uh, the Rams are the team that wind up winning it. But again, lots happening down uh, the road here. Carlos Valenzuela says, hey, Arjun, does anyone think that the Cowboys offense is playing a rope-a-dope? 
to try and keep teams at base they can unleash in the playoffs. Just wondering, Carlos, I would love to believe that that is what is happening here, but I don't think so. I think what we're seeing is a group that is pressing and a group that is clunky and a group that is awkward, um, you know, and, and a group that kind of just can't get out of their own way. We've all been in, in situations, social situations in life or where we just kind of can't help being awkward, right? Like if you ever do something and you ever say like, why did I do that? Why did I say that? What, what was I thinking here? Um, you know, that's that's kind of who the Cowboys are right now. They're, they're just this awkward collective. They, they keep getting off on their left foot and they, they keep saying the wrong thing. They keep fumbling. Um, obviously, no pun intended there, but the Cowboys offense is, is really bad right now and they're trying Trying to overcompensate. You saw there at the very end the Dak Prescott fumble. What are you doing, Kellen Moore? You're up by 15 in the fourth quarter. There's no need to swing for the fences and try to hit a home run here when you have been ultra conservative all game long to this point. I don't understand what Kellen Moore is doing. A long, long time ago, it feels even longer, Kellen Moore once said that the Cowboys' MO on offense was to aggressively attack what opposing defenses are giving them. We have not seen that from the Dallas Cowboys. We have seen the opposite of aggression. We have seen regression. We have seen a conservative nature, a conservative approach, a conservative uh, MO all the way around. Kellen Moore has gone back into his shell, and that has been something that is hurting this team. Now, there are other things at fault here, not just Kellen Moore, but as Loving Fighter 123 says, Kellen is, uh, Kellen is calling a way too conservative game plan. Where's the deep shot on first down? Why is everything a slant? Kellen Moore is incredibly predictable at this point. It's slant routes, it's screenplays, it's runs, it's, you know, draws. I mean, Kellen Moore is just completely, totally predictable. He is exactly like right now, and I hate to say this, I wouldn't say it unless I was totally serious. Kellen Moore is embodying the offensive coordinatorness of his predecessor in Scott Linehan. That's who Kellen Moore has become. Incredibly predictable, incredibly stale, incredibly conservative, not using the elite weapons that the Cowboys have on offense. We all believe that this offense has a lot of weapons, right? Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. We'll get to CeeDee Lamb, by the way. Don't worry about that. And the Cowboys just refuse to use them. The Cowboys are, you know, the Cowboys have a Ferrari in their driveway and they all are in their in their garage, excuse me, not in the driveway. And they'll only drive it in the neighborhood at 20 miles an hour. That's the way they are. And then they show up for race day and they have no idea how to do this because they haven't been doing it on a consistent basis. And so um, this is um, this this has not been a, a great run for the Cowboys offensively. But again, multiple things can be true. They have won three games all the way from home, all on the road, two against division rivals. That's impressive. And so that can be impressive just as much as it can be true that the Cowboys offense has been unimpressive. All of these things uh, are true. Doxon7 says Lamb dropped a couple also. Uh, let's go ahead and get to winners and losers. Again, if you have any winners or losers or honorable mentions from Sunday's win over the New York, not good at all at Football Giants, please let us know. I don't think it's any surprise. We'll start with the losers because the Cowboys are the winners. We want to end on a positive note here. Kellen Moore is my top loser. Again, second week in a row. Actually, last week Dak was the top loser. Spoiler alert, I do not have Dak Prescott on this list. Uh, it was not a great game uh, for Dak Prescott, but I do place the fault at some other people's feet before I personally get uh, to Dak Prescott. Kenneth Lockhart says, Lamb is a loser. Totally agree. Loving Fighter 123 says, CD is a loser. F Kit Crutch, thank you very much for the super chat. Says, here's two bucks. Same thoughts as last week, SMH. Uh, really appreciate it. Loving Fighter 123 says, Moore is definitely a loser. You know, I, I don't want to relitigate this, but. And I don't say this to say I was right, but, you know, a few months ago and you heard it, maybe you said it. Uh, lots of people said, you know what? If I was Jerry Jones, if I owned the Cowboys, if it was me, if it was my team, I would fire Mike McCarthy at the end of this year. Too many teams 
Too many teams are going to want Kellen Moore, and I don't want to lose Kellen. No way. I'm not prepared to lose Kellen. I will fire Mike McCarthy, and I will promote Kellen Moore to head coach. Guess what? If Kellen Moore is going to take an interview from somebody else, whether it's the Las Vegas Raiders or the Jacksonville Jaguars, who we know now have an opening, maybe the Chicago Bears, maybe the Minnesota Vikings, who knows what the offseason has in store. Kellen's going to take a head coaching interview. Take it, Kellen. Hey, you guys want to hire Kellen Moore? Take him. We'll be fine. We're totally good. I still believe in Kellen Moore, obviously, uh, in the long term. You know, believe that Kellen Moore has potential to evolve into a great offensive mind. We have to remember that it is only his fourth season as a coach in the NFL. And so he is still incredibly green at this whole idea here. But the, the idea that he should have been elevated based off of a, a six-game sample size early in the season is really, really ridiculous. And we, we've seen, you know, other teams in the NFL struggle on offense throughout the season and kind of pull their some their, 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 themselves out of it. We saw the Kansas City Chiefs obviously have a rough go about it. Had a nice showing on Thursday night. Granted, that game did go to overtime. We've seen obviously. You look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have had some different moments. They've been able to kind of pull themselves out of it. You look, you know, the, the Cowboys are kind of the only team that hasn't been able to do. Look at the Rams. The Rams offense was struggling and sputtering and in a slump, if you want to use the same word that Jerry Jones did. And they pulled themselves out of it last week with their win on Monday Night Football. And so the Cowboys are kind of the only team right now, it feels like, that haven't pulled themselves out. And Kellen Moore, I think, is really to blame for that. Watsamata, thank you for the Super Chat, says, Kellen 2019, same progression. And talking about the 2019 season here, early season, great. You will recall, uh, everybody, Watsamata's point, the Cowboys were 3-0 and to start that 2019 season, then faded. By the way, this was Kellen's first year as the team's offensive coordinator. Uh, Watsamata says, at the time, we assumed Garrett had taken over the calls. And that's been kind of the case, right? We've Kellen has rightfully had a bit of an excuse, you know, for his first two seasons at the helm of the Cowboys offense. 2019, to Watsamata's point, Kellen starts off, he's on fire. This is great. This is what the Cowboys saw in him. We understand now. We get it. We, we understand why you held on to him for so long, kept him on the roster, blah, 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 blah. 2020 comes along. Okay, Kellen, the offense is doing great. The defense isn't doing anything to help you out. Dak Prescott's on fire. Fantasy points galore. Then all of a sudden, Dak Prescott gets hurt. Hey, what can you expect? Kellen doesn't have his top quarterback. Of course, the offense isn't going to look well, although the offense did have some nice showings last season, even without Dak Prescott, again, relative to those expectations. This season, the beginning of it, Kellen Moore. Look at this, baby. Everything's great. Everything's perfect. I've been telling you. He's got Dak. He's got Amari. He's got Gallup. Well, he didn't have Gallup. He's got CD. He's got Dalton Schultz. He's got the offensive line now the offensive line is changing etc now it's just you know kellen what's the problem you have all your players you have all your health you have everything going the way you wanted to the way you designed it to go and your offense still isn't getting it done at some point the blame ultimately comes back to kellen Moore. there are other people because i see a lot of you in the comments saying it's not kellen it's Dak. you can blame multiple people multiple people can be responsible for this but i think kellen deserves the largest level of criticism for this particular game because again kellen you know the cowboys are in the red zone and dialing it up, these wide receiver screen plays. Kellen, the wide receiver screens do not work. Kellen Moore, if you are listening to this postgame show, the wide receiver screens do not work. Stop doing it, please. All right, Davis Sanchez, thank you for your super chances. What's up, RJ? A dub is a dub, but maybe Moore isn't the offensive mind we thought he was. I honestly wouldn't mind if he leaves. And I think this is a sentiment that a lot of people share. Uh, I mean, look. We all kind of believe that, that that same offensive mind is still within Kellen. We all believe he can ultimately blossom into that same person again. Maybe he's like a phoenix. He's going to rise from the ashes like Fox in Dumbledore's office. But right now, it's really, really, really hard to see that happening. Right now, if anybody wants to take Kellen Moore off our hands, good. 
Uh, but as Devin says on Facebook, hey, we're 10 and 4, Arizona lost, and now Dallas controls their own fate for the three seed. Devin, Dallas did control their own fate for the three seed without the Arizona loss, but it is more helpful now. Look, again, nobody is nobody is is sad that you know the Cowboys won. Nobody is pissed. Nobody is going to flip over a table because the Cowboys won. We are all happy that the Dallas Cowboys won, but we all want bigger and better and, you know, what has been unattainable things for this franchise. We want to see something legitimate in the playoffs, and the way this offense is playing right now isn't necessarily indicative that that is going to happen. Maybe a return home helps that. Maybe the Cowboys getting off the road. Obviously, this this has been a long stretch since Thanksgiving. I mean, think about it. I don't, I don't even know the last time they played back-to-back home games on a Sunday. Was it uh, Denver and Atlanta. I mean, that was the last time they played back-to-back games on a Sunday at AT&T Stadium, something that they are about to do. So getting home will definitely be uh, a good thing. Francisco says, let's not be negative. We have a great defense. Our offense will get it together. Francisco, what evidence is there that the offense is going to get it together? That's what we're talking about here. We can't just, you know, throw this happy umbrella over us and say the offense will, will figure it out. Everything will get better. Why? What data is there to support this? The offense has been awful since the Denver game that I just mentioned. Yes, they had the nice showing against Atlanta. They had the nice fourth quarter against Vegas, but they have largely been awful since that game. We were talking about a six week stretch now where this offense has been bad and we keep saying we keep lying to ourselves every single week the offense is going to get better maybe they will but right now it doesn't seem like that is going to happen now I do agree with Mitchell Green who says you're not going to get 40 point games in the playoffs you're going to play these types of games it's true you got to be able to win ugly and nobody's taking any points away from the Cowboys for winning ugly three weeks in a row but they are not winning ugly against you know the Bucks or the Packers or the Bills, or I mean, maybe you don't even think the Bills or the Patriots, they're winning ugly against some low level offenses and their defense is doing all of the work. By the way, the Baltimore Ravens making a big play against the Green Bay Packers. We are rooting for the Ravens today uh, with all of our hearts, us Dallas Cowboys fans. But so nobody wants to be negative, uh, but some of it has to be said. We have to acknowledge these things. Uh, one more loser. Actually, let's get through the losers before we get to the winners. Uh, we've kind of danced around it, but man, CeeDee Lamb, Goodness gracious, um, CD man. I, I mean, uh, by the way, Mike McCarthy says uh, at the podium, I can't say enough about our defense. They're playing with great confidence. Good for you, coach. Um, CD just not a good day, not a good game, um, not a good day at all. Kenneth Cook, thank you for the super chats. Is one and done in the playoffs. Loser Jerry Jones. He hired these coaches. I think the coaches are awesome. I think the only coach that is suspect right now is Kellen Moore. But Dan Quinn is awesome right now. I mean, Mike McCarthy is awesome right now. And nobody's going to give Mike McCarthy any credit. That's the weekly exercise we go through as Cowboys fans. Everyone's going to say that McCarthy does nothing. McCarthy's just there. McCarthy is just a figurehead. McCarthy, blah, blah, blah. Mike McCarthy's Dallas Cowboys are 10 and 4. And they are 10 and 4 because of the team, the roster, and the coaching staff that he has built. Uh, so I think that Mike McCarthy deserves a lot of credit. But CeeDee Lamb, not a great day. Uh, Jose says, uh, bro, I don't know. CD looks like he's had it. Uh, really not. Um, this, this is one of CD's worst games, um, just from a drops perspective. Again, that doesn't mean he's trash. It doesn't mean he's not going to get great. Not, he's not going to get right or whatever, but man, this was not good, uh, from CD lamb. I think CD had a worse game than Dak. I know a lot of people want to blame Dak, but I think CD by far had a worse game, you know, individually than Dak Prescott did. And it was just unfortunate. We've, we've come to expect big things from CD lamb. And the truth is he might not be ready for them. He's still only in his second season. 
Brian, thank you for the super chat. It says offense was decent outside of the red zone. That's true, but the red zone obviously matters. I think Dak needed to reestablish the short game to build rhythm and confidence. Good win covered the spread. Brian talking about the most important thing for those of you out there who believed in the Cowboys, by the way. They, that, that spread grew to 11 and a half at one point on the season. But um, look, I mean, by the way, Doxon7, Dallas, look, this take is so silly. Doxon, I love you. Dallas won today, not losers. Come on, people. It's okay, Doxon, to say that the Cowboys won, but they have some things that can be fixed. They have some things that can be better. We're talking about winners and losers and honorable mentions in the context of how they contributed to this win. Uh, Watsamata says Amari was invisible today, still dealing with injury. I mean, I think the passing game as a whole was invisible. I mean, I, I would say the only thing, even Michael Gallup was invisible, had the, the you know, nice start early on, but then just kind of faded. The only person in the passing game who really made a difference was Dalton Schultz. And maybe the Cowboys just wanted to kind of rely on the run game, and it did work out a lot better today in some capacities. We'll get there. Uh, but the passing game just wasn't there to be had, and neither was the kicking game, our third and final loser, uh, Greg Zerline. And I, I felt bad, honestly, putting Greg Zerline on the losers list uh, missed two extra points, and that's tough. I mean, if, if you miss two extra points, dude, you're going to make the list. But, you know, it's a windy day, um, so I'm, I'm kind of willing to give him a little bit of, of, of benefit here, give him a little bit, you know, of uh, of stuff. But, I mean, whatever. Uh, anyway, Paul, uh, I love this comment from Paul. Thank you for the super chat. Paul says, McCarthy with the digs interception challenge. Give him credit. This is a, such a great point. Paul is a winner here today. Mike McCarthy, I loved that challenge. Cowboys were up 21 to 6. Trayvon Diggs comes up with the interception. This is right after the Dak Prescott fumble. So, you know, I don't think any of us were worried that the Cowboys were going to lose that game, but Trayvon gets this interception. Mike McCarthy throws the flag. I don't know if Mike McCarthy throws that flag if if it's a 21 all game. You get what I'm saying? But because it's 21 6, because you kind of have nothing to lose, if you throw the challenge and it's overturned, great. You win the challenge. If you throw the, the challenge and it's not overturned, oh, well, you lost a timeout. You're probably going to win this game anyway. It's a great can't-really-lose challenge for Mike McCarthy that he wound up winning, and he wound up giving Trayvon Diggs his 10th interception of the season. Mike McCarthy is somebody who understands the rhymes and rhythms of the game, so spare me your, like, oh, Mike McCarthy let the clock run out at the end of the first half. McCarthy knows what he's doing. He's not this idiot that a lot of people think he is. Mike McCarthy did a great job, obviously, in this particular game against the Giants. He's done a great job all season. This is, you know... Proof positive that Mike McCarthy is a great head coach. Uh, so, loser, Greg Zerline. I'm glad to see we could get through our losers nice and early. All right, winners. Who were your winners? Uh, now let's get positive. Let's think positive. Speaking of positive, uh, let's uh, – who you got as your winner? All right, we have five winners to discuss here. Uh, I'm very – curious to see if you have the five that I have. I'm going to assume you have a couple, uh, but uh, Colby Brochu, I wouldn't pronounce this correctly, gets the first one correct. Very first winner for us, Demarcus Lawrence. And that means that all the people on the internet that think he sucks are the losers. You've seen the tweets. You've seen the posts. You've heard the people tell you in person, oh, Demarcus Lawrence doesn't, doesn't get sacks. Doesn't get sacks. Demarcus Lawrence, where are the sacks? Where are the sacks? I don't see the sacks. Where are the sacks? Demarcus Lawrence, he is not good. The Cowboys overpaid Demarcus Lawrence. Blah, 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 blah. Demarcus Lawrence sucks. Blah, blah, blah. Eat it. All right, you people who don't understand, Demarcus Lawrence is awesome. He's such a threat in the run game. Demarcus Lawrence is amazing. In fact, Demarcus Lawrence is so amazing that not only is he a winner, but we have decided that Demarcus Lawrence is our star of the game here on the Blog and the Boys Dallas Cowboys postgame show. Five total tackles, had the forced fumble. I mean, just an incredible performance. I mean, he's still kind of coming back, and I think that's something we forget. He's still kind of, you know, figuring his way out in this season because he has played so little. So Demarcus Lawrence 
Great job by him. Let's uh, let's see here. We have uh, we have where is it? I'm looking for this here. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence still though was just incredible, absolutely incredible. Uh, great job by Demarcus Lawrence, our first winner of the day. So congratulations to him. Uh, let's see here. Linda says D Law was great in this game. He was a, tr- a disruptive force, and that's been it. I mean, you know, people do harp on the sack numbers, and they only want to look at that. Demarcus Lawrence is such a game changer. He's such an impact player. He is a disruptor. He, you know, whatever word you want to assign to it, he is that. Just because he doesn't have the box score to show it, does not mean that he is not that player. Demarcus Lawrence, great job. Congratulations on being uh, a winner. Oh, I do think this comment's interesting from Ryan. It says, loser, Micah's defensive player of the year bid. This was not the game for Micah Parsons that last week was. Um, and we'll see, obviously, what Miles Garrett does for the Browns. I think that's really his heaviest competition right now. But ultimately, I think that, you know, tr- Micah's still well alive in the defensive player of the year race. But, yeah, this this game didn't, you know, didn't add any more, you know, kind of fuel to the fire. But I think things are still kind of staying chill for him. No pun intended on the fire. Next winner for me, I did see a comment from Watson Mata about this. Jordan Lewis. I think Jordan Lewis is maybe one of the most underrated Cowboys on the team this year. Uh, because we focus so much, especially defensively, uh, we focus on Micah Parsons. We focus on Trayvon Diggs. We're starting to focus, obviously, um, you know, on the return of guys. Randy Gregory, not that he has not, you know, given us reason to focus on him, but Neville Gallimore, Osa Digizua didn't play in this game, but has had some great moments. You know, Malik Hooker had a great moment in this game. Anthony Brown has had some great moments. But Jordan Lewis might be, again, seriously, one of the most underrated Cowboys on the team this season. Had the great turnover early on. Had a great PBU there at the very end. Jordan Lewis is just kind of a, a steady contributor, and, and there's not a, a flash to that always. There's not a, a weekly flash, weekly great moment, but Jordan Lewis is a great kind of floor player. I mean, he has really turned into something special. Uh, obviously, the Cowboys took him now four years ago. Time does really fly uh, when you're having fun, but Jordan Lewis, great job, great performance, great way to get another turnover on the board to start the game, help the Cowboys get the first touchdown on the board. By the way, the Baltimore Ravens are going for it on fourth and goal. Uh, and oh my gosh, no Lamar Jackson, and they really miss him. Sacked on fourth and goal, the Baltimore Ravens. That score is 0-0 with seven and a half minutes left in the first quarter. We are rooting uh, for the Ravens to beat the Packers, of course. Doxon7 says, J. Lou is a mini beast. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, great job by Jordan Lewis. Let's move on. Next winner, a lot of you commenting about him. We have Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz had, you know, this this was kind of a – we've spent a lot of time uh, talking about the offense and, and how the offense has, you know, been absent and hasn't done a lot, obviously, uh, so far this, you know, this this latest stretch for the Cowboys. They've been in a slump, whatever. Dalton Schultz has been off for a little while. This this slump, if you want to call it that, kind of coincides with him falling off a little bit. Maybe you have shares of Dalton Schultz in your fantasy league, and maybe you've been saying for weeks, like, man, where is it? What's going on? Blah, blah. Uh, you know, where's Dalton Schultz? How's he been? You know, et cetera. Where, where is he at? We want to see more Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz kind of came back strong in this game. This was a really great Dalton Schultz game. In fact, uh, led the team in catches, almost led them in targets, came really close. Michael Gallup led them in targets. Uh, I say really close. He was off by four. But eight catches for Dalton Schultz, 67 yards, and had the touchdown. Uh, Really just a nice – had an incredible catch in the second half it was. I mean, Dalton Schultz, just a great job overall. Big to Elliott. Back to the end zone. It is Schultz for the touchdown. Cowboys cash in and extend the lead. 
He has become incredibly reliable for the Dallas Cowboys. Dalton Schultz has. So nice to see him score. Nice to see him get back into the mix. Good for him. I do like this comment, by the way, to circle back to Jordan Lewis from Watsamata. Uh, just talking about Jordan Lewis, because I do think this is necessary. Thank you for the super chats. His true confession. I really bagged on giving Lewis a decent three-year contract this offseason. I was wrong. Well-spent money. That's such an important thing is, you know, when the Cowboys extended Anthony Brown, there there are those deals that we, we do tend to criticize. and We do tend to say, why? Why are you bringing this? guy back etc jordan lewis great floor player you need those guys you can't have 53 superstars on your team and jordan lewis has had a really really solid run as as of late back-to-back weeks with the forced turnover he had a great play in the saints game as well i mean look at this this is a great job by jordan lewis here in the center that's demarcus lawrence inside nice little pass rush move when you create pressure what happens tips overthrows that's what happens hits the arm right here ball in the air and that's using an out Great job, Jordan Lewis. Um, let's see here. A um, couple of comments I want to get to. Um, Bleeding Blue uh, 309 says Schultz is a liability in the run game. That's so ironic, given that Schultz's kind of thing early on was that he was a better blocker. Uh, so interesting. Ricky Shaw says, cut Jarwin and keep Schultz or draft a tight end and pick up in free agency. Uh, Sean McEwen is part of the mix, but Dalton Schultz is set to be a free agent. So we will see. Cowboys have a lot of hard decisions to make in the offseason. And I know that you're, you're going to say, keep this person, blah, blah, blah. They're going to have to figure out what they want to do or how, how they're going to go about keeping, if they want to keep all of them, Dalton Schultz, Michael Gallup, Randy Gregory. I mean, it's that's that's the tip of the iceberg. I mean, there's a lot for them to figure out, obviously. Uh, Kenneth Cook says, RJ, what do you think the offense needs to do to get back on track? I think, I mean, it sounds so cliche and it sounds so lame and overarching, but they have to stop being so predictable. They have to stop with the wide receiver screens. They have to stop just, you know, trying, trying to force the inside run. It's not there. They have to stop trying to force things that are not there and and that's been something they have not been able or at least not been willing to do over uh over this last little stretch here i say a little bit it's been a long stretch at this particular point so uh tough cookies there but dalton schultz congratulations on the win next win here we have three winners in case you joined us late so far we have demarcus lawrence jordan lewis and dalton schultz we talked about this a little bit. In fact, you guys talked a little bit about it. Tony Pollard uh did not have Zeke on this game. Um, I don't think we should put an enormous amount into this, but Zeke had 16 carries for 52 yards. Uh, did have the touchdown early on to get the party started. An average of 3.3 yards per carry. Meanwhile, Tony Pollard in his first game back from injury, 12 carries, 74 yards. Did have the long one uh, there at the end. It was kind of nice. Long of 17. Zeke's long run was 13 yards for what it's worth. But, um, but again, Zeke averaging 3.3 yards per carry. Tony Pollard averaging 6.2 yards per carry i don't want to turn this into a pollard versus zeke discussion that's not the the point here but i thought tony was really great especially coming back from injury uh especially given that this was a game where the cowboys were kind of relying on the run trying you know to, to keep you know use use the run to kind of keep their offense afloat since the pass wasn't working uh but man tony pollard is, is really really good i and i think i think we still somehow underrate him by the way kenneth cook says will pollard get paid this offseason pollard is not a free agent in the offseason so he's not going anywhere we don't have to worry about that uh for over a year from now at least the offseason of 2023 but i i, I think again we, we know that tony is really good i still think that we are not necessarily properly evaluating how valuable he is to the overall cost tony pollard very very good very solid for the dallas cowboys um and very you know, somebody that they relied on today. I mean, he really was impressive for them 
uh, and a bit of a chain mover. Was it sexy? Was it, was it you know, these big plays? Was it these big moments? No. Uh, but I thought that Tony Pollard was important. Uh, Crash Jones says he looked great considering the injury. And I think that that's important context. Like, again, he was awesome. And that's considering that he was coming back from an injury. And I think it shows how much the Cowboys missed him last week. I mean, we, we've, we've said already that this offensive showing was a little bit better than last week against the football team. And I think a big reason for that was Tony Pollard's return. Uh, so, um, yeah, Russell Dyer, by the way, says that year, uh, Zeke gets cut 2023 smallest cap hit of his contract and they re-signed Pollard. That is the off season that Tony Pollard is available, uh, to be, or rather up for a new deal. And I don't think so. I think the Cowboys are maybe learning a lesson about all of this and, and realizing, you know what, we'll just draft somebody else. Um, that's, um, you know, that's how we want to roll. Rodney's next chapter says he is our Darren Sproles. Am I underwriting him? I absolutely think that you're underwriting him if if you think he's Darren Sproles. And no, I'm not saying you're making a grave mistake or anything, but he is much better than Darren Sproles. It's difficult to come up with a comp for him, um, really, like relative to who he is to the Cowboys. I mean, um, he's awesome. I mean, he's, he's awesome. And he is, he's obviously inspired a lot of debates because a lot of people – uh, prefer Zeke, a lot of people, whatever. Uh, Loving Fighter 123 says he's our Alvin Kamara. That's a good one. That That's just an, an intense one. A lot of people hear that and kind of, um, you know, kind of roll their eyes. But Tony Pollard's awesome. Hope he plays more. But anyway, we have four winners in the books. Uh, in case you did join us late, we got through our losers. Just wanted to get out of the way early. Kellen Moore, CD Lamb, Greg Zerline. Our four winners first, Jordan Lewis, Dalton Schultz, Tony Pollard, um, and, uh, and Demarcus Lawrence, excuse me, our final winner here. Um, and I know I'm kind of casting a wide net here, so it's a little bit of a cheat, uh, but team defense, this was a great defensive effort. And I know that Demarcus Lawrence and Jordan Lewis already made the list. I did want to give them a little bit of love just because I felt like they, they deserved it on their own, but we're talking about, you know, a defense that really got after the quarterback today. We had, let's see here, sacks from, we, we had Neville Gallimore and Dorrance Armstrong with half a sack each. And so not a big sack party, but Lots of turnovers. I mean, a lot of turnovers, you know, that the Cowboys had, uh, which is something that you're never going to be upset about, obviously. Um, I mean, Trayvon Diggs had one at the end because why wouldn't he? Uh, Trayvon gets interceptions uh, every single week. Again, 10 interceptions for Trayvon Diggs. Let's take a look at number 10. Tons of pressure around Glennon, escaping, underthrowing, and that's the wrong man to underthrow the ball to. Trayvon Diggs could not complete the process. It's going to be ruled incomplete. Kenny Galladay was the intended target. That almost ended up being number 10 for number 7 this year. Well, it comes down to pressure right here. You see number 11. That's Micah Parsons creating the pressure, the escape, and then this is, like you said, the one guy, great ball skills. That's just Kenny Galladay yeah. playing defense Kenny right Kenny Galladay for that. He knocked it away from Diggs. Otherwise... That's an interception and a touchback. Yeah, Diggs running the route and Kenny. It has been often said that Trayvon Diggs is a wide receiver playing DB. That was some uh, some serious ball skills right there. Kevin says, I was surprised they overturned that one. Uh, this did have to be overturned. I don't know. Maybe you missed the game or, or caught it late or something and, and you didn't see. But this play did have to be overturned. It took a Mike McCarthy challenge, as mentioned. Dean Blandino, in his infinite wisdom on the broadcast, said that that was a play that he would not have overturned. We know, Dean. We know how you feel about the Dallas Cowboys. Thank you for offering your input. We could have lived without it, though. But uh, anyway. Uh, Caleb says, if Diggs can pull in two more picks, it'll put him first in franchise history for single season interceptions. That's true. Trayvon is one interception away from tying the season record for interceptions for the Dallas Cowboys. An incredible season, an incredible season. Nobody is, um, 
You know, nobody's going to deny that. And a lot of people ask whether he's eating into Micah Parsons' defensive player of the year candidacy. I don't think so. It's just it's a great thing to have. Cowboys have a lot of defenders, have a lot of guys whose jerseys you want to buy. So uh, Trayvon Diggs, great job. Another interception. But it was a great day. I mean, in the, on the subject of, of team defense, I mean, we, again, we talked about Demarcus Lawrence and Jordan Lewis and Trayvon Diggs now. Neville Gallimore, we mentioned. Dorrance Armstrong, we mentioned. You know, Leighton Vanderish had an okay game, almost had the turnover early on. I do think that the officials got that right ultimately on review, but I understand if you disagree. Malik Hooker, Anthony Brown, I mean, Anthony, you know, got beat a little bit there, but I mean, overall, really, really nice game uh, for the Cowboys defense in the overall. And so, um, we've been uh, we've been hard on this defense at times over the last few years, and they've really gotten it right. I think that Dan Quinn obviously deserves an enormous amount of credit. I think Mike McCarthy deserves some credit. I know he's an offensive coach, but still I think he deserves his fair share. Uh, but Dan Quinn has been awesome. Uh, Watsamata says, team defense did all that without defensive line depth players. Osa did give you and Tristan Hill too. Uh, great point by Watsamata. Both Osa and Tristan Hill were placed on the reserve COVID-19 list on Saturday. Uh, so a great game. A great game for the Cowboys um, in, in a number of senses on defense. Uh, a lot of comments coming in about Dak Prescott. Um, Again, I don't have Dak on the winners or losers or honorable mentions list, but not a great game. I, mean, I don't know anyone who's who's going to tell you that. And I know that there are people who don't want to say he's in a slump or this or that or whatever. 28 of 37, 217 yards, a touchdown. I do think he looked less um, clunky, less erratic. You know, I, I thought, you know, I thought the end of the Washington game was some of the worst Dak Prescott we've ever seen. Um, and, and he was. He was much better today, although that's not that's not a difficult bar to clear. Um, I, I think he's, you know, I agree with Russell. Uh, Russell's comment on Facebook, he had an average game today. I thought Dak was an average quarterback. There were times where he was bad. There were times where he was okay. There were times where he was a little bit better than okay. Um, it was just not a, you know, not an exemplary game. And I do think, it, I mean, I, I'm not ready to – I agree with Crash Jones here, says Dak is my main concern. He still didn't look as tight today. He's my main concern in that he's the quarterback, and, and this this team's only going to go as far as, as Dak goes. Um, I love what Loving Fighter 123 says. The reemergence of Dalton helped Dak tremendously. That's that's why I, I think today was better. We saw positive steps. We saw positive growth. We saw positive movement for Dak Prescott. And so I – you know, I, I get that and I get being concerned also. Um, and, and, and I get it. If a lot of comments are saying, you know, he's playing scared, whatever. I agree with Watsamata. Watsamata is in the running for MVP here today too. Says, I think the arc is heading upward though. I, I think again, I, 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 the Cowboys have won three games in a row, all, all, you know, on the road, obviously. And two of them against division rivals, the third, you know, after they heard all this slump talk, you know, in some windy conditions, so I think getting home is, is very, very important. Uh, run, uh, run, dog. Gillahouse says, uh, "Where did we see positive growth?" I mean, I think with the emergence of Dalton Schultz. I mean, there were, you know, I, I don't. Dak was much more comfortable. The touchdown he threw to Dalton Schultz did not panic. I mean, you know, that was not his first read. It was not there, and Dak did not panic, did not force anything, waited, and showed a level of patience that we haven't seen from him in a long time. Early in the game, Dak floated to his left and moved the chains, picked up a first down. We haven't seen Dak move around comfortably. Joe Brooks says, Ravens touchdown. I have just seen it on my end. 
Mark Andrews, hopefully uh, you are in your fantasy playoffs, just did catch a touchdown for the Baltimore Ravens. We are rooting for them, people, today. In case that wasn't painfully obvious, uh, the Ravens extra point pending now. Uh, and if you're watching or listening to this later, you know the score. But uh, Ravens are up seven to nothing uh, with the extra point pending. I'm willing to give it to Justin Tucker. So uh, it would be it would be awesome if the Cowboys got help. Obviously, Cowboys already got help from the Cardinals losing. If the Packers were to lose, um, I know that the Cowboys get in, you know, to the playoffs with a Saints loss tonight. But I think we all want the Saints to win. Uh, just because they're playing the Buccaneers. Cowboys, if they could get a Seahawks win over the Rams, the Seahawks do kind of historically own the Rams in that weird NFC West relationship. The extra point is good, by the way, for Justin Tucker. Um, you know, if, if you're winning games, uh, things are working out for you. Uh, Russell Dyer says, question, if the Packers lose in Arizona, where do we move up in seeding? So let me pull this up here for you because, you know, that's my job is to answer questions. The standings in the NFC, and let's see here, we go to the playoff standings here. Uh, Green Bay, if they lose today, their conference record obviously would, would remain unimpacted. They're 8-2 they're and two in the conference. The Cowboys are 8-1 and one in the conference for what it's worth, a slightly better winning percentage, and they do have a higher strength of schedule uh, than the Green Bay Packers. The Cardinals are 6-4. and four. In fact, for anyone curious uh right now and let's get some some celebratory you know hand clapping emojis as of now and at week's end the dallas cowboys are the three seed because of the cardinals awful record against the conference and i know we all celebrated uh by the cowboys losing to the broncos and the raiders and that celebrated but we we contextualized it saying if you're going to lose lose to the opposite conference the cowboys have a sterling record in conference play the cowboys again they've only their only conference loss is to the buccaneers but they are 10 and 4 along with the cardinals and the cowboys 8 and 1 in their 9 nfc games so far the cardinals are 6 and 4 in their NFC game so far. So at present moment, the Dallas Cowboys are the three seed and the Arizona Cardinals are the four seed. Uh, George says, are you going to mention the concerning CD drops? George, this is a live show. Uh, I don't want to be uh, this way, but we did talk about this. That's just the virtue of it being a live show. Uh, we did talk about CD Lamb. It was one of his worst games. We had him on the loser list. So uh, not a great day for CD Lamb. But, uh, but yeah, so Cowboys, three seed at the moment. They certainly control their own fate, um, and so that's nice to see. But Dak Prescott, to get back to the subject at hand, um, you know, hopefully it gets better, especially for that Cardinals game in two weeks. Uh, we do have two honorable mentions to get to today. Uh, the first one, I think, is, I mean, it belongs to a player, but it kind of, I don't want to give credit to the coaching staff for this because they fixed a problem that they created. But first honorable mention, Connor Williams. Uh, Cowboys went back to Connor Williams at left guard, much better than Connor McGovern. Um, they finally did it, but, um, then they brought Ty Inseki in at left tackle over Terrence Steele. So I don't understand. I, I have, in fact, I have yet to hear, I tweeted this during the game. Um, oh man, uh, tough news. I just got this alert. Um, and I'm seeing this tweet right now. Uh, we saw at the very end of this game that Sterling Shepard, the wide receiver for the New York Giants went down with injury and the Giants have just announced that Sterling Shepard has a torn Achilles. He is obviously done for the rest of the season. That sucks. I mean, we we hate, you know, division rivals. We never, never want to see anybody else get hurt uh, or anybody get hurt, rather. So um, tough situation. Certainly hope Sterling Shepard gets healthy over the offseason and uh, and gets right for 2023. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know what the Cowboys are doing at offensive line. I have no idea why they're changing tackles and changing guards and, and making decisions and blah, blah. It's it's difficult. I mean, there's there's no rational explanation for what is happening here. Uh, my cast 2011 has said something that a lot of people are saying. Honorable mention, Brian Anger. You know what? 
Honorable mention, Brian Anger. I mean, he's great. He might be a pro bowler, honestly. Brian Anger has been playing really well for the Cowboys. So uh, good for him. Uh, great job. Uh, I agree with Kevin. Never should have pulled Williams. Um, I mean, I don't know. The Cowboys have – Mike McCarthy's talked so much about consistent that's – the, that's the one area where I think Mike McCarthy is really deserving of criticism is he has talked so much about consistency along the offensive line, how important it is, blah, 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 et cetera, and they're – purposefully changing the level of consistency along the offensive line. So um, it's um, it's tough, tough cookies. But uh, final honorable mention, not a winner, but Micah Parsons. Uh, you know, we've kind of grown to expect, you know, Super Saiyan games from Micah Parsons. And so when that doesn't happen, it feels disappointing. Micah had a fine game. And Micah had, honestly, maybe the most impressive moment of the game. Micah Parsons, you know, floated out in coverage early on in this game and had a nice PBU. <laughs> Third and five. Glennon looking for the back, and it's Galladay on that top side. Incomplete with Micah Parsons, the linebacker, having to step outside in coverage. Well, you see him. I mean, this is just Micah Parsons. Watch the intelligence here. He sees his guy pick off the cornerback, Anthony Brown, and what does he do? He just instantly adjusts to the outside. Instinct. That's what makes him amazing, guys. This guy can rush the passer. Great job. He's a freak. Micah Parsons is a freak. He's a football freak. He's amazing. I mean, he can play he can play, you know, defensive end. He can play linebacker. He can play defensive tackle. He can play corner. He can play safety. What can Micah Parsons not do? By the way, the 49ers uh, now, uh, Brandon Ayuk, huge play. That game is tied at three all in the second quarter. Again, 49ers loss clinches a playoff berth for the Dallas Cowboys. So we're rooting. We'd rather have a 49ers loss than a Saints loss just because uh, we want the Saints to beat the Buccaneers tonight. But the Packers backed up near their own end zone on their own 11-yard line. So hopefully the Ravens are able to take care of business there uh, as they pick up uh, a first down. That sucks. But anyway, um, let's see here. Uh, I love this comment here, by the way. Uh, let's find it. Uh, Burmy Star says, the smarts to make the switch was impressive. The athletic ability to get there unreal. Talking about Micah Parsons. I love that the Micah puts his hands out. I mean, he's such a smart, instinctual football player. You're not going to get called for pass interference that way. I mean, because he puts his hands out early on. He puts his hands out as soon as he sees the receiver get his hands up to make the catch. Micah Parsons has a level of understanding about football that really is incredibly rare. And, and we see that on a, on a week-to-week basis. And it's we, we talk so often, it's difficult to to put words to Micah Parsons and how good he is. And, I mean, man, he's he's just special. I mean, Crash Jones says, oh, I'm sorry, I lost it, says, ladies and gentlemen, we have a generational player. Paul says, great awareness by Parsons that are recognized the coverage and break off to prevent the touchdown. Um, I mean, it's it's real. Um, it's, 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 it's very real. Uh, Jesse Rodriguez says 11 is not what we wanted, but 11 is what we needed. And I know there's a lot of Cowboys fans who want to say, I wanted Micah Parsons, et cetera. There's a lot of, and it's okay. It's okay to say you wanted Patrick Sertan. He's been awesome too, but that you're very happy with the way it worked out, which I think we all are. Dak Prescott, uh, now at the podium said, uh, certainly not to our expectations and our standards. So still room to go. Um, and, uh, you know, Hey, uh, <laughs> we know. So hopefully, uh, hopefully things work out. Caleb Swanson said future hall of famer, Micah Parsons. I agree. Loving fighter. One, two, three, another great point on Micah's play. Micah even tried to face the ball at the end. Pay attention, Anthony Brown. If you do not play the ball, you are going to get called for defensive pass interference every single time, every, every, every single time. Valentino says Micah Parsons, Cowboys MVP of the season. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. 
Uh, Micah has been exceptional. Something I did want to highlight here uh, because we've had some you know negative moments uh, here. You know, we're, we're wanting to see the Cowboys be better, certainly on offense. But the Cowboys did win. Uh, the 49ers um, getting closer to the end zone, by the way. But Cowboys did win. Cowboys got their 10th win of the season, their third in a row, their third in a row on the road. Um, so that is worthy of some celebration. Not only are all of these things true, but they got a road divisional win, their second in a row. They only have one road divisional game left this season. Um, and what's more is the Cowboys swept the New York Giants. And that's always a good thing, right? We hate this this team. By the way, this was the first game that between the Dallas Cowboys and New York Giants that did not feature Jason Garrett in any capacity since 2006 that's pretty crazy when you think about it but um the Cowboys swept the Giants and I think it's important to note and to pay attention to and we put this out on social media if you saw before you jumped on the show five years ago the New York Giants took a photo on a boat uh one mode of transportation since that photo was taken the Giants have lost 10 games in every season since the Dallas or excuse me the Dallas the New York Giants have lost 10 games Every season, that is five years in a row since this photo was taken. All right, five straight years of double digit losses. All right, they have not just not been a playoff team, they have not just had losing records, they have had double digit losses in five straight years. The New York Giants are cursed. John Mara couldn't even give away medium sodas to every person in the building today. Come on, John, you got a lot of money. Throw it around. Give people some sodas. Upgrade them to a large, why don't you? All right. The Giants have lost five or have lost 10 games rather in five straight seasons since this photo was taken. They are among the worst franchises in all of professional sports. They're among the most losingest franchises in all the professional sports. The New York Giants, to be simple, suck. All right. So just wanted to get that out there. Just wanted to, um, you know, just just wanted to, just to say, just wanted us all to kind of gather on the campfire and say that. So, um, you know, just important. Um, let's see here. Zach Leatherman says, apologies for last week's comment. Anyway, Dak played well, IMO. Oh, we've got a Dak proponent here. Uh, play calling was so-so, but overall, this was a better game offensively than last week to me. Agree with you, Zach. And that's why Dak did not play um, like, you know, great. You know, none of us are feeling awesome about the way that Dak played, uh, but it was improvement. And it's, it's you know, we're, we're talking, you know, not microscopic, but we're talking small levels of improvement here. And so I think that Dak played well enough to give us hope that things are going to work out um, it, or gave us a reason to have hope at the very least. But um, it was tough. It, it was it was not the game that we want to see, but it was a step in the right direction. Playing at home now should be a, a nice cure. And again, the Cowboys are 10 and four. They are basically NFC East champions. Uh, so lots of good going on. But but I do agree uh, that um, that, you know, he played well. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I saw a comment I wanted to get to. Um, Vermi Star says low key honorable mention. Jalen still playing his trade. Uh, good for him. Jalen Smith did play in this game against the Dallas Cowboys for the New York Giants, wearing number 45 uh, for the G-Men. In fact, um, J- I don't. I think this is true. I I don't have any like research to back this up. I believe that Rod Smith and Jalen Smith are the first brothers to ever play for the same team and both wear the same number. Rod Smith, when he was a member of the New York Giants, wore number 45. Jalen, his younger brother 
uh, both obviously also played for the Cowboys. Uh, Jalen now wearing number 45 of the New York Giants. That's pretty cool. It's pretty interesting. So, um, you know, good for Jalen Smith, um, you know, finding uh, another job. Good for him. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Martin Santos. Now everybody's talking playoff matchups. The Packers. Uh, Martin has a, a comment about the Packers. Uh, Marcus Valdez scaling huge gain for them. Martin says, I want Green Bay in Lambeau. Our home field is not an advantage. Let Rodgers play in cold too, not in Arlington. Here's the thing, Martin. And uh, shout out to a friend of the show, Bobby Belt, who had some great news that came out, by the way, on Sunday. Congratulations to Bobby Belt of 105.3 The Fan. Uh, very good friend of mine. Happy to see him. Very proud of him. Uh, but Bobby has tweeted this out before. That kind of really struggles in cold games. Like we're at the point now where we can identify that, where we're not just kind of speculating or pontificating, where it is it is legitimate that Dak has trouble playing in the cold. And while I agree um, that Aaron Rodgers has to play in it too, forget the Aaron Rodgers part of it. I don't want Dak in the cold because we're learning that that is not necessarily a good thing. So I don't want Dak Prescott in the cold for any reason. I would like to not go to Lambeau Field. Uh, man, penalty penalty on the Ravens keeps this Packers drive alive. But um, I do not want to go to Lambeau Field. I want the theater of it. All right. I, let me be very clear. I want the theater of, you know, the Cowboys at Lambeau Field in the divisional round, Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy, Dallas trying to get to their first NFC championship game in, in forever. I want the theater of that. Um but I'm terrified of, of the reality of it just because the Cowboys don't play well in the cold. Uh, Johan says we are 100% a dome team and that's okay. Let's just, let's just admit what's true. Uh, Loving fighter one, two, three says no Dak in cold. Bad weather is not Dak's friend. It's not. And there's a lot of evidence to support this at this particular point in time. I think that when, when you look at this now, and I mentioned this and the week is not over to be very clear here, we're, we're having this conversation um, live. This is our live post game show. So the rest of Sunday's games have to play themselves out. So do the two Monday games and the two Tuesday games now, uh, but the Cowboys are the three seed, which means they will not host the, uh, at least if the season ended today, they would not host the 49ers. In fact, the Cowboys would host the San Francisco 49ers if that were to play itself out. Um, so, um, I mean, that's a nice start. To the playoffs i think so i mean right like i think we'd all rather play the 49ers and the rams and so if they can get through to there they're probably you know going to lambeau field um but i mean maybe they're not maybe the two seed right now the two seed is the buccaneers maybe they were to lose that game who knows you never know how things work out obviously uh in the playoffs but this is a um let's see here caleb swanson says if green bay loses do we move up today i don't believe so or they uh, the Cowboys might actually just because they have a better um, conference win percentage record and they have a harder strength of schedule, so they might. But um, ESPN's uh, formula or, or predictor has been off at times this season. But uh, still, the point is. Uh, the Cowboys are improving in their standing. And we'll see. Look, Tampa could lose tonight. Tampa has not played well against the Saints historically with Tom Brady. Not that there's a large level of history there, but um, it's it's been a good day for the Cowboys. And I know that it feels like things have not been good as of late because the offense has been so sputtering. Let's remember here, the Dallas Cowboys have won three games in a row. All right, they have won three games in a row. Today is December 19th, and they are undefeated this month they have three games left and two of them are against teams with below 500 records they have 10 wins they are basically an inch away from clinching an nfc east title i mean it, it, it could be a lot worse all right and, and i know i've kind of been all over the place here because we want the and, and that's we, we say this a lot multiple things can be true all right multiple things it can be true 
that life is pretty sweet right now for the Cowboys. Tomorrow's victory polo Monday, for goodness sake. All right. Life could be pretty sweet for the Cowboys and that the offense needs to get it together. Both of these things can be true. And we keep saying this, but if the offense gets it together and, and, and not even like lights it up, but if the offense gets to just being pretty good again with this defense, man, we're all excited, right? If, if the offense can get to a legitimate level, we are all really excited about what the playoffs could bring for this team, because especially with their playoff positioning improving. I mean, think about it, you know, after Thanksgiving, it felt like, man, this team's going to barely win the NFC East. And, and not even after Thanksgiving, we were worried that the Eagles might come back into play, but they lost to this crappy New York Giants team this Sunday after. So things have changed a lot since the Cowboys last lost a football game, which also goes to show how quickly things can shift the other direction. Right now, the Cowboys are doing really well. They've won three games in a row. The Cardinals have now lost two games in a row. So the Cardinals have come back down to earth. Or down to earth. The Packers are losing to a Lamar Jacksonless Ravens team. Granted, I think they probably are going to wind up winning this game. But still, life can change really quickly in the NFL. Um, so enjoy it. Let's let's enjoy. It. I mean, I, I think that goes without saying. But let's enjoy where the Cowboys are at. Bleeding blue. Uh, three hundred nine says three games in a row against bad teams and bad quarterbacks. I agree with that point. However. If we think about the four games the Cowboys lost, right? If we really think about it, they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on opening night of the season in the same stadium that the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl in their first game in that building with all their fans back for the first time in over a year, right? That's the first game they lost, and they almost won. Um, then they lost to the Broncos, and while the Broncos aren't exactly a great team, the Broncos are the Broncos are in the playoff mix in the AFC. Right. Then they lost, obviously, to the Kansas City Chiefs. And that was frustrating. But right now, the Chiefs are the top seed in the AFC, who also have been to the last two Super Bowls. Right. So, the you know, some of the some of the Cowboys wins are starting to look better. Some of their losses are starting to look better. They lost to the Raiders. That one's hard to defend. But of the four games the Cowboys have lost, three of them are to would be playoff teams. Two of them are definitely to playoff teams. One of them is maybe to the top seed in the AFC, in the Kansas City Chiefs. So while I understand and agree with the fact that, you know, the Cowboys wins as of late have come against some lower quality opponents, if we look at the, you know, the losses they've had, they have all been kind of understandable. They've been frustrating and they've pissed us off, but they have been kind of understandable or understandable, understandable with respect to hindsight. That's, you know an important thing to look at here. Um, they have not blown out these teams that they have played, and that's frustrating. I'm with you. I would love for the Cowboys to win every game 50 to nothing, but that has not been the case. However, this defense has played well enough not only to win, but well enough to overcompensate for a lackluster offense. I don't know about you. I never thought that would be possible in my lifetime. I have never in my adult life seen a Dallas Cowboys defense that can control and dictate and impact a game the way that the defense currently is. Again, granted, it is against some kind of subpar competition from the quarterback position across the field. But still, this defense is driving the ship right now. And if the offense can just get to the cruise control level, then all of a sudden we're cooking with some gas. The times that the Cowboys have entered the playoffs the last few years, we have felt like, man, this defense has to hold on for an opportunity in the playoffs. 2018, they couldn't hold on against C.J. Anderson in the Coliseum. 2016, they couldn't hold on against Jared Cook at the very end on third and 20. 2014, they couldn't hold on against an Aaron Rodgers on one calf, ironically, given the calf situation plaguing this season for the Dallas Cowboys. I use the word plaguing very tongue-in-cheek, by the way. I mean, you know, it, it has been a, a situation where we have asked them to just thread a needle 
on defense and they do not have to do this. And so that is a really important evolution of this team in terms of the types of teams we have sent to the playoffs. And I know that they're not in the playoffs at the time of this recording. This team is going to the playoffs. They are going to be playing in the middle of January and they are going to have an opportunity to do very well, right? And if the offense can get right over the course of these next three weeks, that's what we said last week. And all of our shows here belong on the boys. We said the Cowboys are basically division champions. They have a month to get right. They have a month to figure things out on offense before the tournament starts. Are they all the way there? No. But if if we're looking at, at, a, at two ends of things, and, and my left hand here is the hand with my ring, if this is the, the worst the Cowboys offense has been this season, and my right hand here is the best that they could possibly be, the best they've even been this season, they were really right over here, right, after last week's game against Washington, especially at the very end. I, I cannot deny, and I don't think that you can, that they took a step. I don't know what big, how big of a step it was, but they took a positive step today against the New York Giants. And so if they can take this step today, they can take another step next week against Washington. They can take another step ne- or two weeks from now against Arizona, and then maybe one more final step against Philadelphia in Week 18, and we'll see if that game even holds meaning. If they can do all of those things and they can be at a place when the playoffs start that I think we think they can have some success with, and that's exciting. That's all you can ask for. It's a long season. It's so difficult to get here. They have won 10 games. That's such a difficult thing to do in the NFL but they have done it in spite of a lot of challenges. They, they've had a game without their head coach. They've had many players that are injured, players who were injured for a majority of the season, players on the COVID list. They've had all sorts of hoops that they've had to jump through, and they are still sitting here the week of Christmas with 10 wins under their belt. Matthew says they took zero steps. I disagree. I think the offense took some – they might have been baby steps, but I think they took some steps uh, on Sunday in New York, um, which, again, we're not measuring this positivity – I think it was positive growth. And I think that's what, you know, we have to hopefully hope is the sign of things to come. Um, so, um, yeah, Cowboys are about to be division champions. Uh, they might be a playoff team at the end of today. We will see if that ultimately happens, obviously. If it does, we'll keep you updated here at Blogging the Boys on our YouTube channel, our podcast network, bloggingtheboys.com. Um, so stay tuned. If the Cowboys do clinch the playoffs or a playoff berth today, we will go live on our YouTube channel to kind of celebrate, talk about the playoff field, et cetera. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, but uh, thank you so much for joining. It's Christmas week. Maybe you're traveling. Maybe you're around family. If you're around family, tell them about Blog of the Boys. Tell them about how your Cowboys are 10-4. and four. Rub it in if they're a fan of somebody else, especially if that team sucks, especially if that team's a New York Giants fan. Show them the boat photo and have some fun with that. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me from the Blog of the Boys universe. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at RJ Ochoa. If email is more your thing, you can hit me up, rj.ochoa at sbnation.com. It hasn't been the way that we um, – we wanted it to, but it's um it's been a nice season so far. Uh, Nate Yuan, thank you for the super chat. Says last twenty months, broke leg, lost his brother, injured calf, rotating offensive line, and two injured running backs. Defense holding it down, they can figure it out. Uh, talking about Dak Prescott, obviously, and the challenges that he has faced. Yeah, I mean that's important context. Dak Prescott has fought through a lot to get here, and his Cowboys, his team, our team is right there we're 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 we're, we're in line you're, you're ever like in line waiting for something like to, to you know maybe it's a movie or a release or something like that and you're in line you just got to wait for the doors to open we're in line we are guaranteed a seat basically we just got to be patient and and hope things work out hope things materialize and crystallize a little bit better but uh thanks so much for joining us everybody we will be here obviously throughout the week got lots of stuff coming your way got highlights on monday on the blog of the boys youtube channel we'll have dac watch coming as the week starts as well 
And then we'll do this whole song and dance again and get ready for the Washington football team and hopefully for win number 11. Thank you all for joining us. If we don't talk to you, have a very, very, very safe, very happy, very Merry Christmas, happy holidays to you and yours. And we'll see you next time.